Welcome to the Relationships Architect. This is episode 15 and I'm your host, Khaled Gharab. My goal in this show is to help you design your relationships so that you can become a magnetic, attractive and desirable man or woman and create a passionate love life. Imagine your relationship like a cup of coffee. What you put in it defines its taste. I'm going to help you architect that experience, that taste of your coffee. And when you master that skill, then you stop waiting for love and start to give it from the inside out. You become what I call an influencer of love. I am often asked, Khaled, how do I find a husband, wife, boyfriend or girlfriend? It's amazing how we still think that we have to find that person when in reality, we must be able to attract them. See, love starts with attraction, not a search. So this is why I have a young visionary leader who was mentioned in Forbes magazine twice about his profitable business on the show today. In his words, a successful relationship is comprised of two successful people. This guy charges $150,000 for one of his programs, and here's why. For more than 10 years, motivational speaker, self-help author, and success mentor Shannon Graham has helped countless individuals and businesses reach their goals through a wide range of effective, life-changing strategies. His work revolves around creating the highest probability of value at the deepest level of transformation. But the best part is that Shannon's program starts with himself. And with that kind of personality, I just had to find and interview him about his love life. I mean, what could a person like him be like in relationships? Is he busy? Is he present? What's his relationship with his fiancée, Lindsay, like? And how did he attract her into his life? How did he become so magnetic and desirable? He sure shares a lot of his moments with Lindsay on Facebook. And if you know me by now, you'll know that I always read the design behind the forefront of any relationship. I can definitely tell you that they are a healthy and happy couple who are madly in love. So, I'm curious as you are about the answers. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shannon Graham. I've been in the coaching industry now for close to 13 years. And uh, I work with what I call visionary leaders. And uh, just in case that's a new term to anybody, uh, a visionary leader is uh, someone who has a vision to help change the world in a way that the world would be a better place if their vision came true. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of leaders there's a lot of people who uh, have the title of leader, um, but they're not necessarily changing the world. So I like to work with those visionary leaders because they they enjoy doing the impossible. They enjoy doing things that have never been done before and stretching themselves and challenging themselves. Um, so I work with those guys and I've uh, been living in Santa Barbara, California now for uh, about 10 years. And yeah, life is great. Yeah, that's awesome. So what, what, what inspired you to want to work with these visionary leaders? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, up until a couple of years ago, my coaching had mostly revolved around helping people to do things that I knew how to do 
um, because I have a fair amount of business experience and um, a lot of the people that were hiring me were also either coaches or consultants or in the service-based business somehow. So it was easy for me to help them um, improve their business because I essentially had been there and done it. So that was valuable to them to help them learn how to market themselves better, to learn how to sell better, to learn how to do some of these things. Um, but it wasn't, none of that's my genius. My genius has nothing to do with my knowledge or my experience. My genius has everything to do with my creativity and my imagination. And so I wasn't, I wasn't utilizing that. I wasn't getting paid for that. And so I made a very bold line in the sand and I said, you know, I want to get, instead of getting paid for what I know, I want to get paid for what I don't know. Wow. I want to get paid to answer questions in which the answers do not yet exist. And that was the big pivotal shift for me of uh, how I kind of went from where I was to where I am. Wow. <laughs> mm. Time just stood still because um, this is bold, Shannon. Yeah. It's very bold. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm very curious about um, because you know there there was this big Forbes magazine uh, interview with you, and obviously a lot of things conspired from it. How did you how did you get a chance to actually get on Forbes, and how did that help you with your leadership and working with these visionary leaders? Um, you know, Forbes was um, Forbes was cool. Um, because, uh, I'll, I'll give you a little backstory. I don't know how much time we have, but I'll give you just a little backstory. Um, sure. when I was young, I would buy two magazines to inspire me in my early entrepreneur days. And that was the Rob report and, um, and Forbes. And I always dreamt about being in both of those magazines. And so the last year I was in Forbes and I was actually, um, I haven't I haven't announced this publicly yet, but I was actually just uh, interviewed again by Forbes yesterday. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, so so the the article on Forbes last year was about one person businesses. So that's like a solopreneur, um, one person businesses that have seven figure business models. Um. And my business model is very unique in the way that I'm just a one-person show. I don't have a big team or anything. Um, and my business has the potential to um, relatively easily do uh, seven figures. And so they thought that that was very unique and they wanted to write about it. And then when they heard about all of the cool stuff that I'm doing, then that was even more exciting for them. Um, so that's how that's how it came about. Um, what came of it was interesting. Um, you know, I I say a lot of the opportunities that came from being in Forbes were were for me personally just distractions. Hmm. Hmm. It, oh. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. That was. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Forbes is obviously great for credibility and exposure and things like that. Um, but a lot of the, um, quote unquote opportunities that came from it for me personally, were just, uh, were just, uh, distractions. They were, 
they they were positive by by every stretch of the imagination, but they were not the primary focus for what was important for me at that time. Well, th- that makes a lot of sense. At least the fact that you got on. Uh, uh, Forbes and everything and uh, you know it might have been something that was overhyped or something but the beautiful part about it is that it showcased really who you are I mean that's how I found out about you and the second thing it said about you is when the whole industry of coaching and service and consulting is going is is zigging you're zagging somewhere completely different and I want you to touch a little bit uh, upon that uh, because I believe that there's something very valuable there uh, from what you're going to say. Yeah, well, um, you know, uh, I've just been in this industry for so long that I have watched it move more towards leverage and automation. Hmm. Um, and I've really come to two conclusions over the years. Number one is that you either have a gift or you are a gift. And if you have a gift, then that that typically means that you're an inventor or a creator of some type, and you create things that the world gets to benefit from, um, like art or music or technology. Uh, And if you are a gift, then simply by bringing yourself to the world, the world is a better place. Mm -hmm. And examples of that are people like, um, Mother Teresa or Gandhi or Buddha or Nelson Mandela. Um, you know, these were, these were people that didn't necessarily bring anything to the world, but they brought themselves to the world and the world changed because of that. And, um, so first and foremost, I believe if it's important to know which one you are, because how you bring that to the world makes a big difference. So for example, um, let's just say, let's just say that, um, Mozart's music never got out to the world, right? That would, that that would be unfortunate. That would be sad. Um, so leverage and automation is really important for people who have a gift for people who are a gift. Intimacy is really important because that's how their gift is best uh, um, received. Uh, the challenge that I see in the industry is that people who have a gift believe uh, people who are a gift are being influenced by people who have a gift and saying that uh, leverage and automation is a great way for them to get their gift, quote unquote, out to the world. Well, the challenge with that is that they are the gift. And as soon as you leverage and automate yourself, you dilute the magic that is, that's you. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it changes things. Um, so I created a small formula, which is essentially the highest probability of the deepest impact. So if you are someone who considers yourself to be the gift, then the way that the, the lens in which you should look at how you do things in the world in my opinion, is what is the highest probability of the deepest impact? And if you put that lens on your actions for how you bring yourself to the world, it typically gives you a pretty straight and narrow path to walk on. 
Hmm. I think the part that you speak about here is around the humanity or the the human contact that you want with the people around you, and that says a lot about your values, Shannon. Yeah. It at least from this side, it shows that you're very focused on being number one, hands on. Number two, very connected to the people that you work with, because levering an automation, le- leveraging an automation today. Um, which is not very popular in the Middle East, by the way, uh, for, you know, in, in this kind of market. Uh, at least it's not mature yet. But in the West and in Europe, it's so big that I really see how far the the gift has become from the receiver of the gift. Yeah. Instead, so what you're doing is you want to spend time with these people. So how do you find those people? What do you do? How do you create that level of intimacy? Well, um, essentially, the two biggest strategies that I have for creating that connection is, um, well, I guess there's three. Um, the, the first is most of the people that I work with find out about me through my either previous or existing clients. Mm. So that's just kind of good old word of mouth. Beautiful. Um, the second is Facebook. Um, now, Facebook is a little bit leveraged because obviously I'm using a technological platform, but I do my best to to use it in a very intimate way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't try to funnel people into online programs or email lists or things like that. I use it simply as a bridge. I believe if you use it as a bridge rather than a delivery um, method or a vehicle, then it makes a huge difference. If it's a bridge, then it can connect people. If it's a delivery method, then it's some, something different. Um, mm. So yeah, I do my best to to connect with people on Facebook, and um, I'd say that I do a pretty good job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is I go to different, um, events or I speak at different events so that people can, um, experience me in person. Wow. The, uh, the part that I feel, uh, very connected to in your words is how much time you invest to build relationships with people. It's not, it's really not about, uh, sending out an email newsletter. It's really not about creating some catchy, uh, product online. It's simply about how can you build relationships today that can impact people's lives as well as impact your business. Yeah, yeah, totally true. Well, that's the highest probability of the deepest impact. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to steer this conversation towards more because uh, the relationship side of things, uh, because the audience that we're you know we're talking to here are people who are hungry to know more about how to create successful relationships. This podcast. Uh, Shannon was based around the idea I want to shine a light on successful relationships today because most people don't have those or are not trained enough to know or locate them or create them and stay in them so looking at you and your leadership so far and if people google you they'll find so much about you looking at you you've done so much and you've put up your you know a little bit about your relationship with your fiance I would love to know how did you guys meet and what attracted her to you the most um, well, that's a, that's a, that's a great story. Uh, I think, I think at some point there's going to have to be a movie made out of our story. <laughs> so, um, her and I met, uh, about 12 years ago and we had a mutual friend 
Um, and that mutual friend connected us. And I had been doing a lot of work on my beliefs about relationships and love and worthiness and what I wanted and what I didn't want and just spending a lot of time working on myself in, in those categories. And so um, I... I, I went from believing that love probably wasn't realistic to living in a state of, of what I call positive expectancy, which is I just expected love to always be right around the corner. Wow. And there's this term that exists in the world called hopeless romantic. <laughs> and I decided to change it. I coined my own term, which is hopeful romantic. Uh, because I think hopeless is a little sad, right? It's like, no, I am hopeful that love is right around the corner. And I found that that was very powerful for me. And so I luckily had started to really live into that state of being a hopeful romantic and just expecting love to be right around the corner. And then I got invited to hang out with my friend and, um, and Lindsay, who was uh, who went to the same school as him, and we met, and I just fell in love with her from the moment that I saw her. Wow! And so yeah, no, keep keep going. Yeah, so our our story took us in kind of uh, two different directions in the early years. Uh, she went back to school in Florida, and I moved to New York City for for a bit of time. But we always stayed friends, and over the years, um, we just continued to stay connected. And um, you know, eventually, we both just decided that it was the best thing for us to be together. Hmm. Well, at what point did you decide? I mean, you said you fell in love with her, but at what point did you decide that Lindsay is it? Oh, the the moment that I saw her easily. Wow. Yeah, I just knew. I just knew. Um, it, it, it was not exactly a two-way street from the very beginning. She didn't necessarily feel quite that way. Um, the moment she saw me, um, but I, I still believed, I just believed. And, um, she actually got married and she was married for about five years. Hmm. So, uh, you want to talk about um, an exercise in unconditional love. Imagine the person that you know you're destined to be with telling you that they're getting married to somebody else. Um, that's a challenge. What do you do, right? What do you do? Well, what are your options? You can You can stay connected to that person or you can disconnect from that person and try to find somebody else. Now, in theory, that makes sense. But when you know your heart is destined for, for that one particular person, you know, moving on is not really an option. So as challenging as it was, we stayed friends. And, um, you know, I decided that unconditional love really is unconditional. There are zero conditions that change that. Wow. Uh, so that, um, that was a challenge, but it was a great 
growth opportunity for me to truly explore the depths of 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 love and um and of myself of my own commitment you know like most people are willing to commit to things until they get really hard or until they get get they seem impossible or they you know whatever the condition is but i wanted to be someone especially in in relationships that was unconditional but really that was just a metaphor for life i wanted that to be me in any scenario so i just maintained a very strong faith and um yeah eventually we got together this was fantastic man and i i believe that from your story you really displayed who you are no matter what like i said unconditional you just became yourself unconditionally and that attracted her to you right yeah um how much do you agree with this statement because i interviewed a, uh, many couples and nine out of ten couples said I knew that this person was it was when our core values were met. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I knew, I knew the minute she walked in the door. So uh, a little different for me. Uh, however, core values are certainly important. Mm. Core values are certainly important. Um, and and I'll, I'll just briefly explain why. Um, essentially, I, I created this formula about nine years ago, which is beliefs, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. So all of the results that you experience are li in life are driven by your actions, and all of your actions are driven by how you feel, and how you feel is driven by what you think, and what you think is driven by what you believe. And so if, if fundamentally you have different beliefs and values about things, then that's going to cause you to think differently. It's going to cause you to feel differently. It's going to cause you to act differently. And ultimately, it's going to cause you to experience different results. So when two people are on such different pages, it can be challenging to harmonize. It would be like listening to Mozart and rap music at the same time. It just <laughs> you know, probably wouldn't sound too good. <laughs> I can tell you a lot of artists uh, attempted at a mashup or a remix and it didn't land well. Yeah, it didn't land well. Didn't land yeah. well, you know. <laughs> well, with that being said, Shannon, what does a relationship really mean to you? Uh well, you know, it's funny. I still remember a Facebook post that I did quite a number of years ago that says uh a relationship is exactly that. It is a it's a ship. It's a vessel, it's a vehicle in which, in, in this context specifically, two people move throughout the world. And that's, that's exactly what it is. In a relationship, basically two people are coming together and they're saying, hey, this, this great voyage called life, let's do that together. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, life is full of growth and challenges and joy and celebration and uh, all kinds of different things. So that's, mm. that's inevitable. Mm. So a relationship is basically saying, Hey, let's do all of that together in this, in this quote unquote ship. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah of course. Of course. And it's a, it's a, it's mm -hmm. a bet in my opinion. It's a bet. The bet is I bet that life is going to be better with you than without you. So let's do this voyage called life together 
because I'm going to be willing to bet that the, the highs are going to be higher and the lows are going to be more manageable and uh, the synergy is going to make the color and the, the sweetness that much better. That's the bet. And ideally, most of the time that's true and maybe sometimes it's not. Uh, but that's life. And yeah, I think that's, that's what... And, you know, I think, I think it's also one of, maybe not the only, because I don't like to put myself in a box, but I think it is, I think it is one of, if not the greatest, so it doesn't mean that there's not other options, but it is, in my opinion, the greatest, or, or at least one of the greatest ways for people to experience love. Wow. Um, so I think that's really important because love, you hear a lot of people throughout history, a lot of people who have changed the world talk about love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my opinion, those are pretty smart people. The, the, you know, these are people, again, like Gandhi and Mother Teresa and some pretty powerful people who have made a really big difference. And the main, one of the main driving factors for them was love. Um, how many songs have been written about love? Just, just so many of them. Yeah. Um, so many songs written about the power of love. So there's, there's something to it. And I think it's one of the greatest things that a person can experience in life. And so not only is it a, is it a ship, but it's also a great, uh, environment to be able to experience that amazing emotion, that amazing uh, experience. Yeah, uh, it's um, I'm sitting here in awe because there's something about the way you talk about love that makes it very spacious. It's not something that as many people would think today is constricting because there are so many people that I meet uh, in my community and after they get married, especially the, the men, or should I say the boys, they, they, don't, they don't associate something pleasurable to marriage or or being in a long-term relationship, it's always so challenging that they start to associate pain. But what you said, it has a lot to do with how much pleasure there is to court someone, to be with someone, and to sail, uh, set sail with, uh, on that ship with them and discover the world. It's, it feels like an adventure. Yeah, yeah, mm. it is. Um, you know, it's funny too, because in the West, we have some metaphors as well, like the ball and chain. Um, you know, things like that. Um, so it's, it's funny because, uh, even though most people say it with tongue in cheek, there is still truth to it to a lot of people when they get married, they feel that, you know, I saw a t-shirt yesterday in a, in the, in the window of a shop that had, um, kind of like a cartoon image of a bride and a groom. And then below it said game over, <laughs> right? So it's like it's kind of funny, but that but our culture identifies with that. They think that Absolutely. that's how it is, and that's not how it has to be. Um, you know, it can be some. I, th- I think I think flipping the metaphor is really great because most people think that it's something that drags you down, but I think it's something that gives you wings. Mm, truly, and uh, and if it were me, I would flip it around and say "game on" because that makes it yeah. more fun. <laughs> game yeah. on! I like game that. On. Yeah. Game um. What 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 in your opinion, uh, you know, creates passion in a relationship? Um, 
Well, I think I think there's two dimensions to it, uh, and I'm just kind of shooting off the cuff right now. But um, there's two dimensions to it. In my opinion, there is just the the attraction, um, and that can be physical attraction, but it also can be you know um, personality and and things like that. So there's just attraction, and there's maybe a couple layers to what attraction is. So that's part one. Um, but, and, and then honestly, I think the passion comes from both people being um, on this voyage of life together. Now, this might be assuming a lot, but assuming that they are passionate about their life, about their purpose, about what they're doing in the world, I think that can also lead to a lot of passion in the relationship because each person is doing such amazing things. You get to see your partner really lit up and really on fire about whatever it is that they're doing. They get to be excited about what you're doing. Maybe there's some type of cross-pollination. Even if there's not, you still get to support and, and you know, kind of be um, positively affected by each other. And I believe that that creates passion too. Mm, absolutely. And uh, that being said, how do you differentiate between a successful relationship and a failing one? Well, uh, you know, as uh, as maybe complicated as I could get into that answer, I think because I've been in some relationships before that that weren't the best fit for me, uh, I, I simply think it comes down to how do you feel? Mm. How do you feel? I think that we gauge so much of our lives based on what we think but what we think can be flawed, mm. um, and if we if we really just listen to how we feel, very often we'll get a very good indicator about whether something is is good or not good for us. Yeah, yeah, and there's something you're also um, leading by example here, which is that you are connected to your self awareness, which is hence your emotions and your thoughts. And you bring that into the relationship with you and Lindsay. And I would I would assume that this is actually something very healthy to your relationship. It's actually making it a successful one. Huge. Well, here's what most people don't understand. A successful relationship is comprised of two successful people. Now, that doesn't mean they have to be like commercially or financially successful. What it means is they have to be personally successful. They have to understand themselves. I find the majority of challenges that exist in relationships come from not the other person, but the conflict that exists in the individual not being resolved. And then uh, when the other person behaves or does or says something that maybe is, is annoying or contrary to what they believe, because they're not resolved themselves personally, then it affects them in a much more negative way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah and just for example I've worked a lot personally on language how do I communicate to myself that's that's been very important for me to learn and of course because I learned how to do that for myself that naturally came out in all the conversations that I have in in just life, but especially in relationships. So I found that the more I worked on myself, the better the relationship was. 
this is this is another thing that I keep talking about with my clients and the people that I want to work with. In order for somebody to create a successful relationship with somebody else, they have to create a successful relationship with themselves first. And this is what you did when you changed the language with yourself, Shannon. It really allowed you to know how to, you know, perception is projection and projection is perception. So I think that reflected outside on what kind of person you're going to attract into your life and how that's going to look like with them. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. totally true. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the story, I had to change a lot of my beliefs about what I thought was possible for love, what I believed I was worthy of. And, and maybe equally important, who I needed to be in order to powerfully show up in a relationship. Mm. Um, so it's, you know, I find that most people, uh, one of the first steps they take is to think about, okay, who is my ideal person that I want to be with? And that's good. It's good to know what type of person you're looking for. But I believe that if you know, it, it's more important to know, well, who do I want to show up as? Mm. Who do I want to be in a relationship? Do I want to be someone who's dependable? Do I want to be someone who is honorable? Do I want to be someone who's romantic? Do I want to be someone who's funny? Do I want to be someone who has integrity? Do I want to be someone who... Uh, is a good communicator? Do I want to be someone who fill in the blank? Then, it, then going to work on those things is critical because even if you know exactly who you're looking for, if you meet them and yet you're not so great at showing up in, in a relationship, it's going to be a challenge. So mm-hmm. I always encourage people, yeah, get clear about who you want to be with, but be clear about who you want to be in that relationship and go to work on that. 100%. For the sake of time, I would like to ask you, what what would you say is your biggest challenge in your current relationship and what is your biggest strength? You know, I'd say the biggest challenge that we currently have is, um, I don't know if it's the biggest, but certainly one of them is that Lindsay is in the process of um, working with me uh, in the work that I do. Um, she traditionally comes from a nine to five um, kind of world. So her making the jump from uh, a nine to five world to the world of being an entrepreneur is very different. Mm. Um, so, you know, of course that brings up fears and um and a whole set of challenges uh, as well. So it's it's exciting, and it comes with some challenges. I mean, it's a big it's a big gap to jump. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, so that, that's that would be certainly one of them at this point. Um, and then the second question was the, your biggest strength. Biggest strength. You know, I think the biggest strength that we have is that w- that we our best friends. Uh, You know, we show up every day for each other, just like a best friend would. And I think that that's, I see a lot of relationships that are really serious. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily see a lot of best friends. Yeah. 
it's that. kind of it's it's kind of like two people who have agreed to spend time with each other and maybe be passionate together but there that best friend element is missing and that's the glue man that's like that's what holds everything together because your best friend is going to show up your best friend is going to be there you know they're not going to be the one that you call to bail you out of jail they're going to be the one sitting next to you in the jail cell right like that's a best yeah. friend true so true. that's like that's great because in a relationship if you feel like you're truly best friends with someone then you can be vulnerable you can open up you can talk about your fears you can talk about your inadequacies you can talk about just anything and there's no judgment there's no fear of like what are they going to think or am i going to be good enough or am i are they going to leave or are they going to think I'm not manly enough or are they going to like whatever? You don't even have to worry about any of that stuff and you can just put all your cards out on the table and um, the, the amount of growth and connection that comes from that is just paramount. Mm. Fantastic. Shannon, because um, I've got another two questions and I want to check in with time. How do you want to do with three more minutes? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Um, Carl, Carl Jung, the, the psychotherapist, uh, talked about the four archetypes of a man, which is king, warrior, magician, lover. I don't know if you've read the book, um, but it's, it's commendable to see you step into all four of them in the way you talk about you know, your, um, your relationship with Lindsay and how you value friendship. So I just wanted to put that on the table. It's hats off. A lot of men struggle with that today. And in your language, it really shows that you've grounded yourself into all of these four in a way that you can be of service and you can bring your gift, you being the gift, to the relationship. It, it, it's something that I I would love to help people with nowadays to bring more into the relationship. Hats off, man. Thank you. Yeah. Here's here's another question for you. And it's a, it's a little, I'll, I'll explain it. So the way relationships are, at least in my opinion, is instead of A giving to B and B giving to A, it creates codependency or dependency. A and B give to the relationship as a separate entity. It's kind of like both of you having a mug or a cup that you invest in uh, with ingredients to change the taste and both of you are drinking from that cup. So in your current relationship, what would you add as an ingredient or remove or modify that would take it to the next level right now? Um, I think that we could uh, just something just something personally that I think that we have done in the past and, and maybe have slowed down a little bit with lately is doing um, more uh, fitness type things together, exercise type mm -hmm. things. Um, mm -hmm. That's something that we both enjoy and I find that when we do that together that it's, it's a great bonding uh, experience. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, that's certainly something that I would say. Yeah, awesome. And if there's one book you would recommend for our listeners to help them with their relationship, single or married, what, what book would you recommend? Well, um, yeah, probably The Love Languages. Mm -hmm. uh, Fantastic um, book. It's a great book. Um, it's so simple, but yet it's really important because I think that most people don't understand that there's there are different love languages and when you understand which one you are and which one your partner is then it really changes things yep 
Brilliant book. And what is one parting piece of advice you would have for our listeners who are finding a relationship or in a relationship? Um, raise your standards. Ooh. Raise your standards. What I mean by that is not necessarily for the person that you date or that you're currently with, but maybe it is, right? If you've been in relationships up till now that have not served you, then maybe it's time for you to raise your standards and be with someone who's going to treat you the way that you really deserve. So maybe that's part of it. But what I mean is raise your standards for yourself, whether you're not in a relationship but you want to be in one or you are in one, you can always raise your standards for yourself for who you can be in that relationship or or in that upcoming relationship. Um, and I find that that's going to allow you to get a lot more out of it and it's going to be able to have the other person receive a lot much more out of it. Wow. Shannon, this is fantastic advice and thank you for your time. This has been very valuable. Um, how can our audience connect with you? Well, um, my website, shannongram.com is uh, one place that people can go. And, uh, you know, honestly, I just um, typically connect with people on Facebook. Brilliant, man. Well, once again, thank you so much for um, being part of this interview. And I look forward to connecting with you again, man. Yeah, thank you. It was an honor to be here today. Likewise, man. Have a good day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Influencers, what an interview with Shannon Graham. He dropped some value bombs. And I know that all of you listening here right now really want to know how to become magnetic and desirable in your love life so that you can attract or keep the person that you absolutely desire in your life. And there's one way to do that. It's to find out where you are right now and to know how to get to where you need to go to create that kind of exceptional and quality love life. The, two, the way to do that is simple. Just get a complimentary evaluation session with me and I'll be sure to show you the way to get to where you need to go. How to get that is simply follow me on Instagram at Khaled Rab, which is K-H-A-L-A-D-G-H-O-R-A-B or simply search for The Relationships Architect. Follow me, send me a message, let me know you've been listening and I'll be more than happy to give you that complimentary evaluation and get you started on the life and love that you deserve. Until next time, have a fantastic one, guys.